0: Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson, and this is going to be a Combine preview. I am in Indianapolis as we speak, sitting at a desk in my room between radio shows, chatting with you guys. Um, my article this week is I highlighted a bunch of players, things that are very Steeler related. You know, what do we want to see if I was in the Steeler front office from some of these players? Some you know, Some questions to answer from these prospects from a Steeler perspective. But I want to tell you a little bit about the combine as well. So today, Wednesday, is going to be the first day that we get athletic stuff. You know, on the field, workouts, all, you know, drills, all those type of things. And first of all, the the collective group of players is probably just saying, "Thank God," you know, because it is a grind to be here this, the entire time. But these last couple of days you're getting up early. They're taking you to the hospitals. You're doing bod pods and body fat analysis and every injury you've ever had in your life and interviews. And it's one thing after another. And the year I was with the Browns, there was one morning I was in charge of going and waking up all the tight ends and getting them in a little line like a row of ducks and where they needed to be. And trust me, they were miserable. You know, I mean, it wasn't a real fun experience. And they put on a smiley face once they got to where they needed to be and all that. But you could tell, I mean, this is a grind on them. And I think when they finally get on the, the field, it's a bit of a relief. Um, but really, when they get home, I'm sure there's like, boy, I'm glad I'm done with that. Don't have to do it ever again. Never have to run another 40 in your life, maybe a pro day or whatever. But speaking of testing, I I think this is a good way of looking at testing is jump, you know, bunch similar style players together. And that's harder to do than ever because positionless football and all that. But if you look at similar, similar styles of players, all the offensive tackles, all the centers, whatever it is, all the interior linemen, all the 300 plus pounders on defense. Sort them in the spreadsheets. And what I like to do and, and pay attention to is the outliers. You know, like I sort every category, verticals, you know, broads, uh, every every different thing that they record here. And I look at like the top 10 or 15% in every category and the bottom 10 or 15% in every category. Most of them, you know, 75%, 65%, two-thirds of them, whatever. I don't know the numbers are, are all. Basically jumbled up in the middle and more or less the same. Fine. But if you're at the bottom, does that what shows on tape? Does that confirm what I saw on tape? Did I miss something on tape? Did he just have a bad day in indie? And does it look different at his pro day? Or is that who he is? Did I just learn something great about this player? You know, good or bad? And the same thing's true, obviously, for the positive stuff. You know, um, along those lines, I always like to throw this out there before people start thinking about the Combine. Jalen Hyatt, for example, is a burner. He's a receiver from Tennessee that we'll talk about. But everyone in the world knows he's fast. When he runs a really good time and later in the week, don't reward him twice from a scouting perspective. Wow. You know, you already wrote a scouting report on the guy. Obviously, in the positive columns are speed. This guy has rare deep speed. The Sean Jackson, Will Fuller type speed. Wow. Takes the top off. Then he comes to the combine and runs really well. Don't boost them again. (laughs) You already knew he was fast. You know, I mean, unless he blows your doors off. You know, don't reward them twice. I think that's something that, that a lot of mistakes are made. Also, I don't know if I've had this conversation with you guys or not. If I was in charge of a football team, a front office, I would have everyone that writes a scouting report, whether it's position coaches, certainly area scouts, I would have them all file a report last week. Hey, I want everyone you've written up, in the system filed before we go to the combine. And that's not your final answer, but I want those on file. Now scouting reports are constantly changing. And when you have every right as a scout, as an analyst to continue to switch that up, alter your grades, you know, you're going to learn more. But I think a lot of mistakes are made from this point of the process until the draft, like, If I were back in scouting, I would save all my scouting reports right now and I'd change them, change them, change them. And before I went back and turned in my final, final answer, grade, everything, I would go back and read the one right now. Because right now they they are done playing football as a prospect. And if I changed it dramatically because things I learned from this point on... I think that's where mistakes are made a lot so just a couple things to think about uh we'll take a little break here and i'm gonna talk about some specific guys for the Steelers for you guys to you know really pay attention to All right, Brian Brise, defensive tackle, Clemson. I think there's a strong chance he's at play at 17 here. He's the second defensive tackle in this class, five-star recruit. Some inconsistencies on the field really reminds me of Cam Hayward, a power player, likes to go through people, very high character, leader, does a lot of um, you know stuff off the field in a good way. But this season was a little up and down. Um, But you got to remember these people are humans. And he had an ACL in 2021. He had a kidney infection and shoulder injuries this year. But more importantly, right before the season started, I think his sister was 15 years old, younger than her, passed away because of brain cancer right before the season. Like, how does that not affect you? So I'm not even interested so much. Again, we're talking through Steelers' eyes about everything he does on the field, but my medicals have to be good on him. And I kind of want to talk about his sister a little bit. You know, the, how did that affect you? Did it, you know, were you able to keep the same focus and all those type of things? So I think that's really important. Um, another guy working out today, tomorrow is a big linebacker from Iowa, Jack Campbell. Um, I think he's going to be six, four plus well-built. Um, won the Butkus Award this year. He's the best linebacker in the country. Um, very, very good in coverage. But people look at him and think, ah, is he a, a top-notch athlete? And I think that'll be big for him. His change of direction stuff, especially for a tall linebacker, can be really difficult. I want to see his three cones. I want to see his short shuttles. And if those are pretty solid, I think you consider Jack Campbell certainly on day two for the Steelers. I mentioned Hyatt before. I'm just interested to see how fast he actually runs because it's going to be fun. I mean, he's an unbelievable burner. Um, Roderick Jones, I think, is going to be in the mix at 17. He's a tackle out of Georgia. I tend to think that he probably is gone. I think those top three tackles go before the Steelers pick. I wouldn't consider trading up for him, but left tackles are valuable. He's a little short. I want to get his official height, and I want to get his official arm length. So he looks certainly good enough feet athletic-wise to make up for these things. But if he comes in 6'4, even 6'039, or 66037, which is 6'3 and 7'8. And his arms are a little short, maybe he does fall seven. You know, so I just like to get those measurements on him. Um, someone we don't need measurements for is another tackle is Dewan Jones from Ohio State. He's 6'8, 375 which is bonkers. Um, he didn't allow a sack or a quarterback hit last year, pro, pro football focus. He is a ridiculously huge human being. I know we talked about him a little bit around the senior bowl. He had one big day at the senior bowl and just said, I'm done. Thanks. You know, pass the test. But I do want to see, can he bend in these drills? How does feet look going over the bags? Does he look a lot different than everybody else? You know, uh, can he change directions? Does he get too top heavy? Does he start bending at the waist, especially when he gets tired? You know, so I think drill work for him is really important. I don't even care what he runs. I don't really care what he jumps. I don't think 375 pounds is going to fly through the air all that far, you know, but I want to see the drill work. Will McDonald is an edge from Iowa State that I would consider strongly on day two. Rotate him in with Watt, Highsmith. He had 35 sacks at Iowa State. He has a big time background in basketball, baseball, track, discus thrower, high jumper. I think his testing is going to blow people away, um, especially these guys that have that background. So, for the Steelers, it's more of a question of would you consider him with thirty-two if he tests really well? Maybe you know other teams might say, "I'm now and now he's a first rounder for me." Um, otherwise is he the second pick in the second round for the Steelers, if you're if you're looking at edge guys there. Um, you, probably, you guys are probably familiar with Noah Sewell, or Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell is the big tackle from the Lions. Well, his younger brother, brother Noah is also a real high-energy linebacker. He is a thumper. Um, he, he makes a lot of plays. He's kind of a throwback linebacker, though, and I don't mean that in a good way, in that he's best – between the tackles coming downhill but i want to see in in this week is can he play in reverse can he flip his hips and run with the tight end can he change directions in space what are his shuttles things like that because he likes to come downhill and that's great i mean he'll light somebody up and everybody'll you know loves it but you got to be able to play in space you got to be able to deal with zone coverage and things like that and let's see if he has the the fluid you know oily hips to do it now this guy, I don't know what to make of Mazzie Smith from Michigan. He's gonna go early. He has half a sack in his whole career at Michigan. Now he's a nose, so he pass rushing is not his thing. But this guy is number one on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He, they, I've heard. It's almost like urban legend with this guy now. Like I've heard stories that they've had to alter their weight room for him because some of the machines they have didn't know humans could do what they he's capable of doing physically at 325 pounds. I mean, I, I expect, maybe it's gone too far, all the the hype about this guy, that he's going to just test off the charts, do rare things for somebody that's like 320 pounds. So that obviously leads you now, the coaches are really involved with this process. Any coach worth his salt is going to say, man, I, this production is not that great. He does, doesn't impact the game a ton. But give me that moldable ball of clay, and if he's smart and willing, I'm the best coach in the world. I'm going to turn this guy into a total stud. No way can I use a first-round pick on him if I'm the Steelers. But if he would answer all those things, which we won't know. it's you know Some of those are behind the scenes. Would you consider him at the top of the second round? That still seems a little rich, but middle of the second round? Eh, now you're talking. Uh, last guy I want to talk about. It, well, I'm in two more little nuggets here. I've told you a lot about John Michael Schmidt, really impressive interior lineman center, but some others have Joe Tittman from Wisconsin at the top of the board at center, but he's tall. And then that can be good. Don't get me wrong. You got to deal with Chris Jones and these other guys that have super long limbs, but tall guys have a hard time bending. You watch him. Boy, he pulls really well. He's a very fluid, fast runner gets downfield, hits safeties at this third level, doesn't look like he's, you know, problematic at all in terms of athleticism, but I do want to see when you make him do drill work. Can a big six six long center sink his hips enough? Keep his cleats in the ground. Get low without, you know, getting over his skis too much. And if he passes those tests, I think he's right there with you know, John Michael Schmidt as the top center in this draft and a day two guy. Last nugget, I've told you a million times. This is a very deep corner class that the Steelers will have an opportunity at 17, 32, and maybe even their next two picks to get a, a good prospect at corner. And most of them are six foot plus and outside guys and exactly what they need. But I think they're so bundled up, the corner class, that this week will be absolutely huge in deciphering the order. You know, because there's so many of them, they're all so similar. You get to do what I call... Um, conveyor belt scouting you just see one after another doing the exact same things see who stands out see who's maybe lagging behind so i think the corner rankings will be a lot more clear after this week or so and that's very very important to the steelers so all right guys thanks uh back to uh radio and checking out the combine see you